A sound like exploding plastic woke me in the middle of a dream full of tunnels and drums. I bolted upright in bed, froze, and listened. Svetlana's eyes, one blue and the other green, shined in the darkness as she gazed at me with intent concern. Rex wriggled by my feet, trying to get back to sleep by shoving his head under my ankle. Seconds later, a muffled metal screech and a heavy thud reached my ears from outside the house, and I breathed out a little of my tension. We're okay, guys. Living in a house approaching its fifth quarter century, I regularly had fears about it simply collapsing around me and trapping me under the rubble. Thankfully, this particular noise didn't seem like it was trying to kill me. But it sounded like it was murdering something. I hopped out of bed and stepped to the windows in my octagonal room at the base of one of Moorhaven's three turrets. Not the front one with the best view. That was Hilt's room. My three narrow windows showed a broad, south-facing expanse of coastline and cliffs. Svetlana joined me by standing on one of the window sills, her tail arching. As I slid a comforting hand along her back, a prolonged, ponderous grating sound penetrated the glass, ratcheting up my heartbeat. Nothing appeared to be falling to pieces outside, so I guessed it was coming from below the edge of the cliff that wrapped around two sides of Moorhaven, lofting us a few dozen feet up from the wild Pacific. And that could only mean one thing. Criminy on a cracker, I thought, borrowing one of Uncle Hilt's expressions. He warned me about boats foundering, but I've never been the closest person before. I am not prepared for this. I grabbed my pink robe and stuffed my feet into my fuzzy bunny slippers. Svetlana hopped back onto the bed with Rex, and they watched me leave with stiff poses that conveyed their flabbergasted state. What was I thinking, abandoning my warm, cozy bed? What indeed? Not for the first time, I regretted agreeing to convert the old storage room behind the pantry into my bedroom. It wasn't like Moorhaven didn't have other bedrooms. It had almost a dozen— but taking a guest room as my own would have meant fewer options for the guests, and they always came first. Still, I felt like a spy or a dungeon master every time I used the secret door to the pantry. I pushed my way through, then closed the door behind me, laden with shelves bearing various flowers, sugars, and all my baking spices. My path to the kitchen took me past other shelves full of canned fruits and vegetables, dry goods, and bulk herbs. I hurried through the kitchen's side door, across the cross hallway that led to the veranda, and down to the front turret, where I knocked on Hilt's door. He opened it immediately, his other hand tucking the tail of his flannel shirt into an old pair of jeans. His jaw was set, but his lips had gone white with fear. You heard it, too? I nodded. He handed me a flashlight. You'd better get out there, then. I'll be on the porch. I've already called it in. Hilt reached for his jacket and I ran around to the front door. I burst through the heavy wooden front door, trusting its hydraulic closer to keep the large stained-glass inset from shattering. As the damp air hit me, so did the full volume of the crash of the sea. Its rushing roar flooded my ears with a constant slow-motion thrum. I ran across the porch, down the front steps, through the neatly landscaped yard, and reached the old asphalt road without slowing. My bunny slippers got soaked in three steps flat. The fog closed around me as I moved away from Moorhaven, and the flashlight beam formed a swirling white cone ahead of me. As I stepped onto the wooden promenade that wrapped the cliff top in the old downtown area, 
I glanced back to see if Hilt had come onto the porch yet, but I could barely see the pale gray building with its dark red trim and its porch lights were bare suggestions of illumination. The massive Seven Vistas Resort Hotel, just a block away, was nothing more than a shadowy rumor. The ruined tower of the old lighthouse on the clifftop across the river, usually gleaming white even in the rain, was deep in the drifting billows. I jogged down the promenade to the sturdy wooden stairs that led down the cliffside to the sliver of beach. Every few seconds the waves shoved something against the rocks at the jutting base of the cliff. It sounded like grumpy metal and wounded fiberglass. Though the moon was mostly full, heavy fog scattered and diffused its light. My flashlight only showed me what lay at my feet, leaving me in a murky gray world devoid of features. Moving cautiously, I squinted toward the rocks that jutted out into the sea.